Simon Deacon, Professor of Law at the University of Cambridge and Director of the Centre for Business Research and Boya Wang, a Senior Researcher at the CBR. Thanks for talking to the CBR podcast today. This is part two of our look at the growth of fintech in China and the implications for the UK economy. Simon, if we come back to you now, does a platform connect lenders and borrowers easily? And is it worth investigating if there's a higher rate of default on loans and what redress there is for the lender on such defaults? Well, we don't we don't have data at the moment about comparative failure rates, but we, we can see that from the very nature of a P2P platform's um, activities, there's, of course, a, a risk of default. And it's not altogether clear in every context whether the lender has recourse against a platform. It could be that the platforms voluntarily undertake to cover losses. That sometimes happens. And there's a big debate about whether or not that's appropriate in, in the Chinese context. It could be that platforms make representations to lenders and thereby incur legal liabilities in a Western setting in, in tort law, if not necessarily in contract. But the regulations affecting platforms in most countries are sector-specific rules drawn up by banking regulators and by uh, market regulators. That happens in the UK, as, as is the case in China. So it's not necessarily private action that one might see brought against a platform, but there might well be fines or regulatory interventions if a platform has failed to maintain compliance with regulatory standards. That, that, that's what we're more likely to see than large-scale private litigation. That could happen in the course of a platform is insolvent and has outstanding liabilities, which is possible to lenders, then of course, then we would see insolvency law coming in and operating in the normal way. Again, if the ultimate borrower is insolvent, again, we would see insolvency law operating there just as it would normally. So one has to, to some degree, disentangle what's specific about fintech from what's more general. A lot of the time, fintech's just a name which is given to forms of of lending which may not be fundamentally different from those we're familiar with from existing practices. And many of the regulations which govern how banks operate and govern how securities markets operate apply to so-called fintech in the same way as it would apply to anything else. Again, in the UK context, if you're acting as a bank, and sometimes platforms might be effectively banks, in the UK context, you must be registered as a bank. If you were operating as a bank without the formal permissions, that would be a very serious regulatory wrong. So, yeah, fintech isn't fundamentally different in these respects from other existing forms of financial provision and isn't in any sense qualifying from an exemption just because we give it this name fintech. And that would also imply that consumers have protections too. You've said they do. There are regulations and codes. Well, there are many, many existing regulations to affect consumers. So in the UK context, the Financial Conduct Authority has a range of regulatory powers to protect consumers. A very interesting development in the UK context is a so-called sandbox, which was developed in order to test out new technologies, specifically in order to give protections on the one hand for consumers who might otherwise be put at risk from a novel technology being used, but also to enable regulatory learning to take place In other words, for the regulator and for the company to test out new technologies. So the sandbox is an especially interesting and important development which has taken place in the UK and which companies in China and regulators in China are now looking at. Boya, what about the regulations and laws in China? Is China borrowing 
the legal systems of the West to make sure that both companies and individuals, consumers, aren't exploited. Is the government aware of the need for better regulation? To a certain extent, I think yes, especially in terms of the role of the industrial associations. The, I think the Chinese policymakers realize the, the highly decentralized structure of internet financing means that the government, the past a centralized model, might be less effective in monitoring this industry's development. So in this case, we see the growing importance of various local-level industrial associations, different internet financing associations. They are playing very important role in monitoring and supervising their associate members. They often impose very high requirement in terms of registered capital and also non-performing loan percentage onto their members. But on the other hand, I think because the regulatory realm in China has been highly fragmented among regulators in different sector, financial sectors, such as finance, banking, and securities market. So to a certain extent, the regulation and supervision in, in of the Chinese fintech industry requires the coordination of all these regulators, but also the coordinations between the central policymakers and the local government. So this, I mean, the later case is of strong Chinese characteristics. And is it fintech allowing the Chinese economy and the Chinese regions to grow faster than they would have done? I mean, is there any way that we can look at the growth rate in China, which has been very high and is still high compared to the West, and the role that fintech has played in that growth? I think it's really difficult to give accurate assessment about the exact percentage of economic growth contributed by the fintech industry. But certainly, based on our interviews in China, many of these lending platforms, they mention about the important role of internet financing in stimulating domestic consumption, domestic demand. And it's actually one of the main reasons why the Chinese government is concerned with the systematic risk accumulated in the sector, but also on the other hand, they maintain a very, they provide implicit support to the industry, giving its instrumental role in stimulating domestic demand. Simon Growth, FinTech and China, have you got a comment to make? It must partially be responsible for why China has been able to increase consumption and thereby increase growth? I I think that there are many factors behind China's extraordinary growth over the past 30 years, and FinTech is is a tiny part of that story because China was already enjoying very rapid growth before FinTech really entered the picture. But I think that technological advances in China may be a very important factor going forward in maintaining the Chinese growth model. What China appears to be doing at the moment is leapfrogging certain aspects of financial and technological development in the global north, and in that sense may may soon find itself in a position to have a competitive advantage compared to Europe and the US, perhaps because it's not constrained in the same way by existing models or by existing regulations. So this is a a very important development for the global economy and not just for the Chinese one. 
Well, it must be fascinating for you and Boyer to go and talk face-to-face with businesses in China. Are they optimistic about the future of the fintech economy or even proud of what's happening? When China does things first, it likes to talk about having done things first. And, and fintech has grown remarkably quickly in China. I think there's a, a recognition of the distinctiveness of the Chinese model and growing interest in this model outside China and attention being focused on the conditions for China's economic success at the same time there is a debate within China and beyond China about the risks which are inevitably part of such a rapid growth and the risks which are associated with to some degree untried technologies being used and developed so it's not the case that people in China ignore these risks I think very much the opposite. And Boyer, if we just come to you finally, fintech growth in China, you've talked about that. But we know that China is often the first to move into a market because it doesn't have the constraints of all the systems the West has. And then, as you've both commented, you and Simon, it's now putting a more legalistic structure in place. But what about China and a cashless economy? Where do you think fintech goes next? We often hear about, you know, the fast growth of the Chinese cashless payment systems, such as WeChat, Alipay, or these non-conventional payment systems. I think to judge the speed of the fintech development is very difficult, as the notion of fintech itself refers many other different sectors. But however, we can look at this from another angle. The development of the various Chinese payment system outside the, the conventional banking sector is eye-catching. For example, the total number of transactions clear via various non-bank payment systems increased by almost 44% in 2016. But that only account for a very tiny proportion of the, all the transactions clear via the bank system. So I would say the importance of all this cashless payment system is is growing, but its actual effect in pushing China into a cashless society is yet to be seen. But China is pioneering fintech. That's why you want to study it. Just finally, Simon, the impact of your research in the future. When do you hope to publish? And have you been surprised so far about your conversations with business leaders in China? So we we will be completing our current project in the course of the next six months or so. And we've already been presenting our research at conferences in China and will be presenting at conferences in, in the UK soon. And we expect that there will be considerable interest in this line of research. It was co-funded by the, the British Economic and Social Research Council and the Chinese National Science Foundation as part of a collaborative exercise between the Chinese and British governments. I expect that this and other projects in this programme will be, yes, of considerable interest. And for the CBR, it's just the beginning of what I hope will be a longer-term research project looking at fintech and looking at China's rapid growth and how that develops. Boy, you're surprised by your conversations with business leaders in China. You've got out there, you've been in face-to-face conversations with them about fintech. Yes, I was actually very surprised by the degree of sophistication of the market now is undergoing. After the initial fast growth stage, the Chinese fintech market is becoming more differentiated and specialized, addressing different customers' needs. And of course, I mean, there will be more regulatory maneuverings 
and the industrial-wide cooperation and restructuring, and all this affects the customers' behaviors and also the trajectories of all this lending platforms development. Well, thank you very much indeed, Simon Deacon, Professor of Law at the University of Cambridge and Director of the Centre for Business Research, and Boya Wang, a senior researcher at the CBR. Thanks for talking to our podcast series today about your research on the growth of fintech in China and the implications for the UK economy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.